Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. All right, so today we have a very interesting topic. We are going to be talking about project management. So this is a little different than our traditional uh, Talk to Your Pharmacist episode, but um, I wanted to talk about this because it's become an increasingly important topic. And I know uh, all of us as pharmacists, we know how to do project management, but we're going to talk about a few additional tips and specifics for you to be able to use both personally and professionally. And so here today with me as a guest on the show is student pharmacist Dustin Chandler, who's a fourth year at Belmont. He's on rotation with me this month and has been doing a fantastic job. He's done a lot of research to help on this topic. Dustin, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Dr. Blackburn. Well, let's get started on the today's episode with first doing an overview on what is project management. So project management is generally the way in which one person or a team manages their resources in order to complete a project. These resources can be anything from, you know, time, money, personnel, or physical resources like the materials needed to make a building. Great. And, you know, why, why would it be important to have good uh, project management skills or to be good at project management? So one of the major benefits of being able to appropriately use project management is because it helps you or your team or your organization complete tasks more efficiently and effectively. And by this, I just mean that it keeps you on track for your project, your progress, your goals, what you, you can kind of help you start, like keep a track of what you're starting with, what you're ending with, and then also let you reduce your total cost at the end by being able to plan ahead and analyze your current resources. Um, As for time, uh, being able to balance out all the projects that you have on your plate will also let you uh, know when they're due and which ones are more critical to complete first next to the other ones. So, for example, if you have something that is reliant on a next step, you'd be able to then move forward with that. And, you know, kind of like a good chef, you want to be able to work on multiple dishes at the same time to have them all coming out hot and fresh. <laughs> yes, we do. Everyone should probably be familiar with this this small plate uh, version of restaurant sampling now, and they all come out at different times. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the role of a project manager. And you know, a lot of times you see that there are specific titles um, that have project manager, but that doesn't mean that. Uh, you can't do project management if you don't have that certification or uh, title because we all are probably doing uh, project management all the time. When you're Even when you're in school and you're trying to manage all of your different classes and coursework um, along with all of your other activities um, or when you're out in your um, respective uh, career paths, you're going to be having to work with others and manage big projects, whether it's as big as, you know, 
putting in a new bridge, you know, for example, uh, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this, but putting in a new uh, uh, EHR, a lot of times uh, pharmacy is, is, was involved in that or, or rolling out any types of new like uh, antibiotic uh, stewardship uh, protocols or opioid protocols, etc. cetera. Um, so project management, um, there are about seven different key points. So um, with that, we're going to, you know, talking about like, what is the problem? What's the objective? What are the major steps in getting to the objective? Who's responsible to complete each step? When is it due? What is the deliverable? And what is the budget? And other things related to budget would be time or resources. Now, there are five roles in project management, and Harvard Business Review has several great articles on uh, project management. We'll be able to link all of those in the show notes for you, and we'll have those along with the episode list. But um, let's get into a little bit more about how do you know that you've achieved good project management? Dustin, tell us what you've learned. So one of the major things that you need to have is a clear understanding of where you are and what your goals are. If you know what your current resources are allocated and where you need to spend them to accomplish your goals, then you can kind of get a better, more forward-thinking approach to it. If your goals are clear, there will be less than less last-minute adjustments to try and get a better picture of what you want out of the project toward the end. And this can kind of lead to a more realistic approach to what your goals are, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard what a SMART goal is, so saying something is specific which means that you have a concrete idea of what you want. Measurable, meaning that you can kind of tell what outcome you're achieving or what you're not. Attainable, meaning that it's realistic in your approach to it. Uh, relevant, meaning that your goal is organized towards whatever the end uh, result of your project should be. And timely, meaning that it has some sort of a schedule attached to it. Uh, another important aspect that you have to consider is that someone has to be taking stock in how well you are progressing. You have to kind of have these checks along the way. If you continuously work on a project without taking a step back every now and then to kind of see where you are on it, you might lose focus on what your original goal was. Uh, you could also get to the end and realize that you never actually hit the goal. But uh, that's not necessarily bad because you've gained some experience from working on the project, but at the end of the day, you do kind of want to complete the project. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. Right. Um, all right. So let's get back to some of the different parts involved with a uh, project. Uh, and so first, of course, you've got to define the problem. So looking at the actual problem, not just the symptoms. Uh, so an important thing is to avoid rushing to solutions. Uh, some of you may have heard about lean PI or lean process improvement. So that's just another uh, technique or strategy that was adopted from uh, actually the automotive industry that has been really started to apply in healthcare. Um, and so that's a really good um, process to help avoid rushing to solutions. Um, but 
definitely more about that in possibly another episode or, or research some of that on your own. We won't get into lean PI here. Um, the second part is to identify stakeholders. So a Three things that you want to think about with your stakeholders are who are the key players, um, who has a stake in the outcome, and what are their goals. So, Dustin, outline a few of the common stakeholder roles that might be involved on a project team. Really, there's almost four major stakeholders that you're going to get on any project. First off, you have the sponsor, which is the person at the head of the project who kind of helps everything get available to be used. They're the people who provide all the funds, um, approve different budgets, or other or otherwise collect resources for you to work. Uh, they generally have something to gain out of the project. They have some stake in the game in here. Uh, under them, they have the project manager, which is usually the individual or individuals that is uh, the head of the operator and res and reports to the sponsor. Uh, they can tell how much the budget is, what needs to be done, set time limits, goals, and milestones, along with many other things that they need to figure out how much they need for you to complete that project. Um, after that, you have the team leader, which, while sometimes is the project manager themselves, uh, they don't always have to be. The team leader is the one who facilitates all the other team members and the people who are who are working on the project, and do they have a complaint or a problem? They report it to him. He then reports that to the project manager, and they then determine if there needs to be an adjustment in, in the budget or the time schedule. He then listens to those reports and gives those feedbacks back to the team members and tell them how it goes on. So he also can work on the project and set a good example for the team members. Now, the major workhorse of this group, your team members, are those who actually do the work on the project. Uh, these members need some sort of a skill set or an area of expertise that they excel in to kind of help the project go along. Uh, do you have somebody who's good in IT? They're probably really good on focus for something that's a technology related or implementing programs into your system. Uh, however, they uh, generally have skills that are set in four different things. You have technical skills such as an IT worker, a problem solving based skills which are people that are able to recognize that a problem has occurred and figure out how to fix it. Uh, interpersonal skills, which is helping communication between different teams, different team members, uh, you and the people above you. Or you can have organizational skills, which is actually setting up things like your time management, your scheduling, and making sure everybody is on task. Uh, when you are setting up these teams and you're looking for your members, you have to make sure that at they have at least one of the skills, but more often than not, they'll have more than one. Uh, you want to have kind of a lean team in the fact that you only need to... Uh, limit yourself to what you need to work on the project. So for example, if you have somebody, for instance, uh, who never communicates what they're doing, it might be a good idea to replace them for somebody who does, unless you have somebody that's able to facilitate that. Yeah, that's helpful. And uh, so just to reiterate, a project is a set of interrelated activities that usually involves a group of people who are working together toward a common goal over a period of time. So it is very important to get everyone on this project team, all the stakeholders aligned behind the project's objectives, which isn't always easy. Um, so a couple of ways to surmount this challenge, as you've already alluded to, is to make sure and ask for help from team members who may object to the project goal. Um, so, you know, then they are going to be more invested in wanting to uh, weigh in and, and to participate. Um, inviting everyone's input during project meetings, explaining the thinking behind your decisions, um, and then essentially gaining trust, asking for help, listening to others, um, just to summarize that. 
so we've talked about part one, defining the problem. Part two, identify stakeholders. Part three um, is defining the objectives. Um, and you've, you've already shared about SMART goals. Part four, determining scope, resources, and major tasks. And then part five, anticipating trade-offs. So, you know, what are the conflicting demands of the stakeholders? You know, are there going to be any any scope creep that you might anticipate? What additional problems might these stakeholders want the project to solve? And clarifying those. So now let's talk about the four phases of project management. Again, there is a great Harvard Business Review article about this, uh, the four phases of project management. Um, so Dustin, let's share a little bit more about the four different types of phases, planning, build up, implementation, and phase out. So the first step when you're setting up a project and you're going to get into it is the planning phase. This is when you set up and you try to identify what the problem that you're trying to solve is, who needs to be involved, and what has to be done. In this phase, you're making estimates about time, resources, and monetary requirements. And this is also the phase of the project that has to be the most fluid. Nothing's really set in stone yet. You don't know what your exact time schedule or budget is. And then you have to think of the scope of the project to kind of see if it's too big. Is it too small? Do you need to have multiple projects to work on this? Uh, are there budget concerns? Do you need to cut down in one area of the budget to get it to another? And in this area, you kind of get one of the major points of a, of a project and a major kind of a key quality aspect uh, to get any sort of quality out of a project, it requires two pieces, time and cost. And this can include anything from money and personnel hours. If you want to have a, product, a quality project, you have to either have an investment of a lot of time or a lot of money or resources. You can skimp on one of them, but you then kind of have to make for it in the other one. Do you want something that's a really high quality that you don't want to spend a lot on? It can take you a little bit of time. Do you want something that's a little bit less quality? Well, then you can, I guess, ask them to get it done a little bit faster. So. After you've kind of set like a little bit of the vague definitions of what you want, you then get to the build-up phase. At this stage, all those estimates become concrete. Budgets must be set, schedules must be stuck to, and team members kind of have to be formed. Uh, roles and duties need to be assigned, and then smaller tasks and goals are generally set for each of the individual team members or teams to help complete the objectives. Once you've gotten past setting everything into concrete stone, you then go into the implementation phase. At, at this point, all the planning should be complete, and you move on to working on the project itself. You need to have feedback and retool aspects that either aren't working or are behind schedule. Uh, identify issues and adjust to help the project continue moving. It's helpful to hold team meetings at this point because this is where you're kind of reporting your progress on your assigned tasks and making sure that your goal is still being met or at least being worked towards. And finally, you get to the closeout phase. And while some projects seem to be ever-changing and evolving, uh, you have to realize that all projects have to come to an end. Project leaders have to end the project at some point, and usually this is done by just evaluating where you've been, where you've come from, and if, even if you've met your objective or not. And at this point, it's usually some sort of a big debrief meeting. Okay, great. All helpful. And so after you've hopefully, you know, you're wa walking through the different phases, um, we're always going to be dealing with unknowns. So part of the fun of... Um, doing these this project management is that you know a lot of it you may not have any idea about half of the variables or 30% of the outcome so that's where you get to be smart and the smart 
and creativity and personal skill all come in. So if we know everything that we're working on, the work may not be nearly as fun. Um, so for some of us pharmacists that are very type A and we like to plan and schedule, um, you know, just be open-minded because you may not be able to completely, um, you know, know exactly how the project's going to turn out. But um, there's a really great article um, through Project Insight talking about the basic uh, resource management for um, project management basics. And I'll have that linked as well. It's really nice because it acknowledges that you'll not have all the information as a project manager. Embrace it and just enjoy the fun. Uh, so another thing about planning with uh, roadblocks, so similar to dealing with unknowns, you're going to have roadblocks and you may have a schedule that is fully filled out. Every step, task, and follow-up um, is listed and all of those details and steps uh, have been lined up by the project manager. Um, but uh, they can always, you know, look at better time requirements, budgets, et cetera, to help smooth out any bumps along the road. Um, so when you have those bumps, um, there are two major types and ones that you plan for or could plan for and ones that you can't. Um, so these known problems are just obstacles, um, that some member of your team could feasibly guess could happen. For example, imagine you have to perform a delicate process as part of your task. One small mistake can make you have to start over, but therefore the project manager understanding how difficult this task is budgets extra time and resources into the schedule just in case of errors. On the other hand, we have problems that couldn't reasonably be planned for or assumed it would happen, and these could include um, such as uh, an airplane crashing into your supplier's warehouse. Um, highly unlikely, but it, I guess it could always happen. Um, at this point, your project manager may need to contact someone to acquire a different supply or resources or change the scope. Um, so, you know, the question is now, how much time and effort do you spend on planning for errors? Uh, the two examples um, that were just given are pretty far ends of the spectrum, but you as a project manager um, has to select some stopping point for roadblock planning. If you spend all your time in the planning phase, you risk never actually getting started on the work. So another important point that I wanted to bring in to this discussion on project management and uh, that I wanted to start using personally, um, I had Dustin look into some of this. Um, at, at our organization, we use Smartsheet, um, which works really well, and, and all of you at different, uh, your different organizations may have different project management tools, but there are some um, that you could use just for your own personal um, use. So maybe you're um, managing things uh, at work or maybe it's some personal things, uh, but there are a couple of different tools that Dustin can go into. Um, and uh, I think the one the one that I've started using on a personal sense is Asana, but Dustin, if you could share a little bit more about some of the different examples. Of course. Uh, so in my little bit of research that I did on project management tools, I found that there are several programs out there that have a free version of them that can kind of help uh, Organize your team or yourself and help you successfully manage your projects. The 
ones that I looked at were called Atrello, Asana, ClickUp, Meister Tasks, and Target Process. Uh, starting off with Trello, it's more of it has a lot of unlimited number of things that you can use with its free version, but it has them more organized in like boards, checklists, attachments, users, and task lists. Uh, it does let you kind of do a little bit of like uploading different files. So if you have like a particular Word document or a schedule that you want to upload there just to look at it later on, it lets you do that, but it is slightly limited in the size. Now they do organize all of their tasks and lists in what they call uh, Kanban style boards. Kanban style boards are essentially, uh, imagine that you had different headers for each of a different point on a board. At this point you could have something called uh, a header called like in the planning phase or in the completion phase or in progress and then you'd be able to list your different tasks and goals that you're currently working on under that. Uh, after that you then have Asana which is a very simplified version of a project managing tool but uh, several users actually love the fact that it's really easy in to use and kind of pick up. It allows the use of a lot of built-in calendar, timeline, task list features as well as like the Kanban boards that were uh, present in Trello. Uh, the ability to set who is assigned to which task is very is uh, very easy on this one. And it does have some app integration as well for things like Gmail and Outlook. Uh, some of the drawbacks for this one include that there's a little bit of a limit on the number of team members that you can have working with the free version. You're only allowed to have 15. So if you're looking for uh, an app that you have to have a larger team than that, it might be helpful to try in something else or maybe use the paid version. After that we have ClickUp, which is a, a very customizable as far as the other ones are concerned. This one you can alter like the basic fields, um, make different uses of calendars, timelines, boards. You can have it to where it has a different personalized style as far as like the names of things are concerned and the colors. It's very pretty to look at. And you can do a lot of other sorts of things like set individual priority levels for the different tasks. So for example, if something that you're working on needs to be completed first on that, on that list, it's good to be able to set the priority with it. And of course, you can also track the goals that you're working on using uh, numeric values. And they do let you have a lot of drag and drop features, which lets you customize which team members are on which tasks, which lets it have a little bit more of a um, more of a fluid feel, and it, it's a little bit nicer to look at. Uh, next after that, you have Meister Task, which again, Kanban board only, but it, it does have an unlimited number of tasks members, users, tasks, and projects that you can have on this on the free version of the app. It also allows the uh, uses of things like comments, tags, checklists, uh, tasks, and time tracking, which can kind of help you sort your stuff out. If you want to look for a particular task that you're working on, so for example, if you tag it by a particular team member or a team objective, you can just search for that if you have very large and in-depth tasks. Uh, this one does allow file sharing as well, and it is a little bit more robust than the other ones but it usually claims that it's very free and easy to use, so that might not be as much of an issue. Uh, finally, we have one called Target Process, which while not as robust as some of the other ones, and it does have a kind of a hard set limit at only having you have a thousand tasks, it does come with one of the really good features that a lot of the other ones don't. It comes with diagrams, and this allows you to create kind of like charts and graphs to help you visualize how your tasks have progressed. But one of the major drawbacks of this one is that it is very focused towards sales and product uses and such like that. So if that's what you're aiming towards, this might be a great free product for you. Otherwise, uh, Asana is really good for a starting role and so is ClickUp. Either one of those are, are really good for you to try and start if you just wanted to use one of these. Awesome. 
Thanks, Dustin. So yeah, there are many different online tools that are great. And of course, there are corporate tools um, that, uh, you know, if you really wanted to get into budget, arithmetic, online tools, IIT solutions, um, there can be some very in-depth versions. Uh, but the ones that he just gave an overview on, most of those um, are pretty user-friendly. I'm still learning Asana and then, of course, use Smartsheet at our organization. Um, so uh, just kind of to summarize this uh, important topic of project management, it's really important to manage these projects adaptively. And what I mean by that is staffing these projects with people who have a talent for learning and adapting. Um, so because as we've mentioned, you're going to deal with unknowns, you're going to hit roadblocks, you've got to work with a team. So uh, having people on that project team that are able to adapt is very important. Another key point is to deliver early wins. So um, that's always important whenever you're wanting to um, get buy-in on a project or something. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you've got a really big project to tackle. Um, showing to leadership those early wins is a really helpful um, way to, way to um, get the momentum going, getting everybody excited about that. Um, some final tips that uh, a colleague uh, was able to share uh, from her past 13 years of experience as a project manager um, included the following. Clear communication. Um, she had just found that you can never over-communicate to a client or team members. Setting clear, realistic expectations with clients and team members. Uh, continuously discussing risks. And in the past, uh, she would review past projects if um, they had missed deadlines or had major budget issues to see where you could improve for future ones. So kind of like probably some of the work that you're already doing with QA, um, quality improvement uh, processes. So really to hit home, being organized and being a clear communicator is very important. So um, Dustin, thanks so much for all of the research and uh uh, looking into some of this uh, topic that you've done, and hopefully you'll be able to implement some of these project management tips uh, as you move on throughout the rest of your last year and into your career. Thank you. I really enjoyed being on and actually getting a chance to research this. It was interesting topics. Awesome. Well, thanks for being a guest, and hopefully all of our listeners have some great tips that they can use uh, both personally and professionally to help them be better project managers. Hey, listeners, be sure to check out our newest podcast called the Natural Products Resource Center. It will be coming out in September of 2019, and we can't wait for you to check it out. All things natural products, focused on medical cannabis at first, and then we'll be branching to other natural products topics. But be sure to follow us over there. We've got a new podcast coming out, and we're excited to share with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it share it with friends. 
And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com.